0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Murray. I'm Nathan. Welcome back everybody. We've got a look at Mando. Final look at season two. It's coming up real soon. uh, But we got a whole lot to talk about tonight. Holy smokes. We're we're already late. We're 24 hours later publishing this podcast than usual. I want to jump right into it. But first we got to catch up. Let's just do this real quick. Murray, how you doing? How's your week in Star Wars been? What's going on in the great state of Alabama? (laughs)
1: Um, I'm doing great I had a wonderful birthday With a Chewbacca cake That was gorgeous And so that was super cool And um, I just got A a special little someone In the mail oh Uh -oh. (laughs) Babu Frick he nice. Is so precious. Oh my gosh, he's adorable. I'm so stoked. <laughs>
0: well, happy belated birthday once again. Thank you. hmm Happy birthday.
1: That's well, I a guess great it did, one.
0: I guess it did sort of work out that, you know, delaying the the podcast by a day, because not only did we get to talk about this final look at the Mando season two, but you got to celebrate your birthday without the stress of having to worry about the podcast, so... <laughs> it all worked out.
1: It all worked out. Yeah. Cool.
0: Now, when you're not plowing away studying for Star Wars trivia stuff, do you watch Star Wars just for your own enjoyment?
1: I don't typically watch things many times. I mean, right after Rogue One came out, I watched it monthly, but that lasted for about a year and then i haven't seen it in a while um so i i don't typically watch things too many times i just i mean i'm so busy reading star wars stuff right now sure that there's like right now i'm reading fascinating facts which is really interesting
0: oh is that is that Pablo's um, book yeah yeah we got to talk about that at some point
1: It's really cool. It's like a mesh of canon and a mesh of in-universe and out-of-universe. So it's both, um, which is why I had to buy it. (laughs) And um, just finished How to Speak Astromech with BB-8. So I'm keeping myself busy with all the books.
0: Lord knows there's a lot of that. (laughs) The job of a Star Wars reader is never done.
1: And this month is insane. The amount of books that are coming out is just oh Lord of mercy.
0: It's yeah uh, we are we are getting punched real hard in the face in the next well geez not November's coming then December's got some more art of books and then into the new year here comes the High Republic
1: High Republic, yep
0: right well, Marie has been so
2: much worse because she reads it you know I, I, I read a lot but I'm selective. You know, like I read all the comics and and the novels and, and some of the kids stuff. But I can't imagine just keeping track of what I would need to buy to read what you do, Marie. It's insane.
0: <laughs> In the best well, way. Uh, I... Yeah, oh, of course. Of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot. And there are. You know, occasionally there's something that slips through the cracks and is only available for like a month and then Mm. suddenly it disappears or it supposedly was published, but I can't find it anywhere. Or it was only published in German. So there are things like that that I can't do anything
2: about. But besides that.
0: (laughs) Cool. Nathan, what's going on over on the rock?
2: Oh, boy. It's... uh... Yeah, I'm just in a perpetual state of waiting for Star Wars <laughs> over here. I, I got uh, that fascinating facts book ordered. I've ordered volume two of the uh, the Lost Stars manga. Uh, um, my Beskar Mando Black Series figure shipped three weeks ago and still hasn't shown up. So. Oh no.
0: Oh, is is that typical for it to get there or at this point are you worried it's been lost?
2: I I don't know. It's um it could just be held up. It's it's hard so hard to say. I mean, things get here. We're like at least 3 months behind everybody else in mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. So but um yeah, so waiting for that finally Got caught up on comics. Um, Last week, not last week's, the weeks before, the week before's order was a week late. Getting here, we didn't get it till the next Wednesday. And I think in the all the years that I've been buying comics, I remember us getting our comics on Wednesday once. Come they all, wow. like the our comic show. For new comic book day is Wednesday, or yeah. you know Tuesday now for DC for some god reason. Anyway, um, but yeah, we our our new comic book day is Thursday because that's the earliest they show up.
0: Oh my god! And sometimes if there's a,
2: if there's a holiday or if the ferry isn't running because we're on an island, um, that can be pushed to Friday or Monday or Tuesday. Or like happened a couple of weeks ago Wednesday, <laughs> so it's a full week late. But I'm <sighs> all caught up now. I got all caught up this week, so yeah. So and you know, in a couple of weeks, my um, Walmart Black Series figure should ship. So it's very much an in between Star Wars
0: kind of time right now for me. Well, do you know Apart you... from the comics? <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always comics, um, always is, comics. Is do you know if your Mando is with Canada Post or is it Pure Relator It's FedEx. Okay, uh, you should. Be, well, I, I want to say you're, you'd be safe, but <laughs> they destroyed yeah, my package I'm, last yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so uh,
2: now I'm an unboxer anyway, so that doesn't bother me so much. But
0: uh, as long as I get it, is, well, that's the key concern. That, that is, that's key. Let's start with receiving the package. Yeah, yeah, but on on the topic of comics, oh boy. So I called my local guy. And I, I very I, again I use local very loosely. He's he's an hour away by car. So I, I call him. Actually, no, I Facebook message him. Message him, and I'm like, hey man, like I, I, I'm bored. I got nothing to do today. I'm, I'm I'm thinking of taking a drive out to pick up my stack, but you know, if I've only got like three or four or five books, I'm not going to do it. I'll wait. So well, like, can you just give me a, a round number of of what I've got in my in my stack? and I, I thought you know I thought I had maybe six or seven four or five on the low end which I, in, that, in which case I'd wait he messaged me back about an hour later and goes yeah about 21 books oh, oh my
1: god
0: <laughs> that's all
1: <laughs> oh wow
0: just 21 that's just, all yeah only 21 and it's not like it wow. I, it's not like light, I hadn't been there weeks yeah yeah real real light week and it's not like I hadn't been there in in six weeks I was there like Three weeks ago, so it's like, well, how did what happened? And he's like, LOL. I'm like, yeah, good for you. Uh, like, what's in there? And so, man, I had like a couple of those DC Black Label books. You know, at ten dollars a pop, I, I ordered a couple variants of Spider Man eight fifty. Uh, and the thing that really set me over the top was I was ordering all of the Alex Ross covers featuring the X Men. Oh, so, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not that many, but there was, I think, six in my stack just of, of those variants. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, so I, I was shocked at that at first. I, I I just lost track. Like I had lost a track of everything because I don't write it down. Like every week he works yep. basically through Facebook Messenger. And every week he sends everybody a list of what's coming for that or the orders to put for that week. Uh, so, I you know, I place my pre-orders and they they come in over time. But I don't write them down. I just rely on him to, to take what I've given him and just put it aside when it comes in. And so I, you know, 21 books. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I refuse to count the
2: number of books on my pull list. I refuse to do it because it would be like I get every X Men book, and there's like what? It's That's
0: nuts. There's it, 10 it's titles? Like a,
2: a, a, it's at least a dozen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus everything that comes out for Star Wars, Star Wars, adventure, Star Wars, Afra, bounty hunters, Vader, like, you know, and then, the, you know, other, you know, Iron Man. And, Oh, it's, <laughs> it's a bad habit, <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: but a very good habit. I mean, there are worse habits.
0: Oh, absolutely. 100%. It's Is not a hundred percent. It, it's not even my worst habit. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> amen to that i mean yeah there's there's lots of worse hobbies out there and look our our vice supports other people's careers so sure. you know yeah let, let's you know let's not be too hard on ourselves here this is it's not that yep. bad oh man but yeah so i, I was shocked 21 books and I, I didn't even pick them all up like i just couldn't i'm like dude i can't buy all 21 right now i i, I can't um so i took a l- little less than half I told my, like, you know, I'll grab the rest next time I come, which which makes no sense because I, I I'm just going to keep adding to that pile. So, <laughs> in a way, I'm I'm pulling pulling a Cory which I never want that to do. Fe- it makes you feel better. It makes me ah yeah I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so I took the important books. The rest can stay until later, because you know he's he's collecting some Fantastic Four stuff for me as well. And I'll, I'll just wait till it's all in and then I'll grab it. Mm. But yeah, otherwise, Serene, like we didn't do any Star Wars related stuff this week, but. Uh, we did watch Indiana Jones three and four over the weekend. Again, letting the kids kind of pick. And you know what? This will make some people mad, but Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is actually pretty good. I said it, and I'm not taking it back.
2: I honestly, I I watched that movie again. Maybe I'm gonna say like six, seven, eight months ago. I think it was like back in back in the spring. Um and up until that viewing I would have agreed with you but I and this was the first time I'd watched it in years but I was I was like oh, oh boy I <laughs> I had elevated my view of this movie
0: <laughs> I think we're we're um, like ships crossing in the night here I'm going the other way like I don't know yeah. it's not the best it's not my it's not by by no means my favorite but the things I, cause I, you know, I I felt like there was, there's five to ten minutes during that jungle chase with uh, with Shia LaBeouf's and he's he's fencing with Arinda Price and he's doing the splits over two of those jeeps and he's swinging with monkeys and I felt like that See that, that got slapped. This is already too much for one movie. <laughs> there, it was just like that one chunk of movie where I was like, ah, like that sequence is so bad and Shia LaBeouf's is such a muppet of a human that.
2: Yeah, I, I was think like, "Ah, movie s- ruined." But if you, uh, I, for me, if
0: I filter it out, I, I, I
2: like it. I think what really loved, like did it in for me was Shia, Booth, Shia LaBeouf Tarzaning. Yeah, that like, was excessive.
0: Okay. that yeah, come on, George, what are you doing? That was <laughs> one of those over the top moments where it's like, "Oh my god, man!" Like, you went too far again. You did something without thinking if you should, whether or not you should, you know, you you should have listened to uh, Ian Malcolm. (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, I really, you know, I really do wonder if we're going to get that fifth indie flick, though.
2: Oh, that's such a oof. Oof. You know, he's he's not getting any younger. None of them are, you know, I mean.
0: No, who that, could that, you? That's just who it. could
2: you bring back
0: at this point? You know, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 awfully scary to think about. Like, in uh, Ford is what he's seventy eight now, and we yeah. don't we don't know when they're actually going to get around to filming this. I think it's supposed to be next year they start filming, but he's going to be seventy nine. And look, he's Harrison Ford. He's one of a kind. He's a god among men. But. Mm. <laughs> my goodness like it's you got the clock is ticking here in a big bad way
2: John Hurt's dead so you can't even bring back that highly memorable character that I can't even remember the name hey, of from Oxley. the last
0: movie Oxley you can't bring back Oxley Jim Broadbent is gone Uh, <laughs> what, what, Ray Winstone no Jim Broadbent lived yeah no it's, it's Ray Winstone is gone you better not bring back Shia LaBeouf's <laughs> why what's <laughs> wrong with Shia ugh Come on! <laughs> I like Shia LaBeouf. You good like Shia character. LaBeoufs?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, he, he's so why great.
2: do you say it like that,
0: <laughs> Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> Don't you watch Teen Titans Go? I can't. know It's one of the I'm most so delightful ready. movies ever made. Teen Titans Go. I've to the heard movies. that the
2: movie is really good. Oh, I, it's I delightful. Get into the show, but delightful. Yeah. I don't know. I think they
0: should bring back, find a way to bring Julian Glover back. <laughs> Ooh, that would be interesting. Hey, if Snoke returned with no exp- or Pal- Palpatine came back with no explanation.
2: <laughs> you know,
0: Kingdom of the Crystal Skull
2: might be better than the Rise of Skywalker.
3: No!
0: <laughs> there you go, Kyle. I saved your life. <laughs> At least you gave me that concession, right? Ugh. you did <laughs> marie's over there gonna be puking Breaking next to her my cat
2: heart.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: pull up alongside your cat and start throwing up marie
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> oh man well
1: <laughs>
0: what do you say uh before we, let's we're kind of like in shifting sands here with uh, the mando but the special look is already out So Ooh, yes it is why don't we take a look at that? And then we'll come back and comment on that, and then we'll, we'll uh, get into the rest of the, the planned podcast here. So I'm excited. It's only a one-minute thing, so that's kind of a bummer, but hey, who cares, right? We're two weeks away. <laughs> We're two weeks away. I, was, I wasn't even no, expecting this at this point. <laughs> no, I was shocked. It's an shocked, But here we got A little extra treat. Let's see what they've got for us. I'm here on business. I need your help. I've been quested to bring this one back to its kind. If I can locate other Mandalorians, they can guide me. This is no place for a child. Wherever I go, he goes.
2: New season streaming October 30th, only on Disney+. All
0: right, there we go. That was a great look. One one more minute of awesome Mando action before we get to it in a couple weeks' time. Initial thought, where are we at? So Horatio's back. They stuck his little blue face in there.
1: So that is blue fish guy. I can't remember the species name. Marie. I know. I don't know either. (laughs) I don't care.
0: I don't care. (laughs) That's interesting. Like it's, why would he be back? That's, that's a very interesting. Hmm. That's a very interesting thing. So there's a line in there, which maybe offers a clue, which is. And he's saying that if I can find other mandalorians they might they may be able to help me find my way something like that yeah I wonder if he, he's all alone with with the child or the only people on that ship oh no he offloaded Horatio sands didn't he
2: yeah
0: huh so he goes back to pick him up somewhere
2: handed him off to grief so and he was there with yeah, so did grief let him go?
0: And they just made mm-hmm. him
2: like using him, Or are they like did he have him in storage and was like, Oh, you know what? That guy. Yeah he like might it's, know where we yeah. can find. So they defrost him and they're like, Alright, listen, buddy, you
0: can go free if you help us with this. That's that, that that's exactly where my brain went. He must be some kind of font of knowledge, at least in this regard that I know where to go. If you, if you let me, yeah, let me let me free, and I'll help you. That that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. That's really cool, though. But that that also opens the door to some of these rumored cameos that we think might be coming. Yeah. Or right. Glorified cameos, full-on starring roles. I I don't know, but that opens the door <laughs> for Sabine or Bo Katan. Yeah. With, mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, I don't know if that also means Ahsoka comes back as part of that. That's really cool, though. Oh, man. That was a great line. Um, that troop transport. Like, I got the sense, like, from the trailer overall that the Mando is more on the, the offensive in this. Mm-hmm. He's the one that's, like, in the first season, he's actively running away, trying to protect the child. Trying to keep him out of, out of the Empire's hands, out of the Bounty Hunter's hands. In this, it seems like he's proactively in search of answers and going after people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which, of course, yeah. I, would, I, I would expect to you know for that to <laughs> come to a crashing end in episode seven and eight, as uh, the child is is actually claimed by the Empire this time, mm-hmm. which which makes me sad to even think about. But it, it's got to be where it's going. But
1: <laughs> well,
0: there was that, that yeah. really cool shot of the uh, the troop transport, which obviously is being controlled yeah. by our friends, and they're smashing along those bu- biker scouts along the canyon wall. Now I want that vintage collection troop transport toy, which I completely overlooked. <laughs> now I want it. <laughs> Man, I want that thing so oh, bad. I think,
2: I think my shop got one of those in, actually.
0: Ooh, they're, so, they're, they're really cool. But then, yeah. you know, not, not only is it, uh, you know, whatever it is, 79, 89 bucks for the, for the transport, you've also given yourself an invoice for six or eight stormtroopers to fill in those yeah. little side <laughs> slots. That's what you're doing to yourself. It's never just the yeah, one that- thing but that can be built <laughs> over time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you're patient enough, and I I got to keep telling myself this, if you're patient enough, things will turn up on the secondary market where people are trying to offload parts of their collection and they're selling open figures that it's what you're looking for. they're at a fraction of, of what they originally were brand new. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah so that was, that was a pretty great little look. I mean, I don't know what the point of it was, <laughs> <laughs> a week uh, you know two weeks out from from the uh from the trailer from the actual season 2 start but maybe it's to it's to help football along yeah <laughs> some struggling ratings i don't know
1: i thought it was interesting um unlike the other trailer at least as far as i can remember it makes it seem like he is like the Mandalorian and the child are sort of teamed up with Cara Dune and grief Karga. Um, like they're kind of working together as a team, which I don't know if that's just, this is showing like clips from the first couple episodes. So that's why it's like that or what the deal is. But, um, I thought that was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Marie. Like, Mando leaves them behind at the end of season one, and they they were kind of allies of a sort, but you would think that yeah. relationship came to its natural end at that point. But obviously, Mando's going back and, and roping them into another high-stakes adventure.
2: Yeah. Unless it's like season one, where at the end of the season, he went back and, you know, kind of
0: wrangled everybody together. Yeah. yeah. It seems like they from the, earlier in the series. Yeah, it's it's kind of how I thought things were gonna go at some point, where it's it's gonna be sort of a, a, a Avenger style build up where you kind of slowly assemble your group of allies until you have like that that circling shot of all the Avengers finally teamed up. So I I, I can picture at some point Mando with Grief and, and Kara uh throwing Bo katan and Sabine with along with that as well, or whoever Sasha Banks is might be playing. Like all these allies will be there at the Mando side uh, that's gonna, it's going to make for a great moment if it happens in season 2 or season 3 I have no idea but <laughs> I'm suddenly giddy with anticipation <laughs> as, as if I needed to, more of that <laughs> it yeah. just,
2: make, just makes me wonder why they waited so long to put out the first trailer if they were going to put out a second trailer anyway it's like why didn't you just give us the first trailer on celebration weekend like come on guys if you I... were going to do the second trailer, anyway. Ugh.
0: I am I am baffled about some of the marketing choices being made. I'm yeah. telling you, man. I I, I don't know. Like I, 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 they are. I will always say these people are much smarter than me. But it's there's been some curious choices made over the last I few years. I think you're
2: giving them too
0: much credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing is, we like we don't know how the whole sausage gets made over there. Like how much is in Lucasfilm's control? How much is under Disney's purview? Like, is it, I I, want to say Disney controls the flow and tempo of the marketing. And if that's the case, then, you know, then, then Star Wars kind of slots in with everything else under their umbrella instead of being treated like Mm -hmm. its own thing. But it's weird. It's all weird.
2: I kind of wonder now if, if, um, the reason, they didn't put out the Mando trailers because they wanted to keep focus on Mulan since that was going direct to Disney Plus with that the purchase option, you know? I kind of wonder if that's what it was, which, you know, considering that Mulan still didn't sell well on Disney Plus, it's disappointing if that's that's the reason why. But, yeah.
0: I mean, it would have been predatory, but how about if they had attached the Mando trailer proper to Milan on the exclusive.
2: Oh, <laughs> I don't know if those are, you know, compatible markets. <laughs> compatible. Well, Rise
0: audiences. of
1: Skywalker the the trailer for Milan was in front of Rise of Skywalker every time I saw it.
0: Hmm. hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Come to think about it, that is absolutely true. Uh oh. wow. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it probably isn't a good look. If you if you know you, you try and pull a, a Meet Joe Black kind of situation, and put your trailer right, at the gotcha. end. The whole you know, you know why people are coming to this movie? It's to see this the Phantom Menace trailer at the end of Meet Joe Black, not at the beginning.
2: Yeah, I mean
0: they don't necessarily
2: put you know trailers that are going to necessarily be um meant for the same audience as the movie that they're in front of. You know, yeah, like you know how many times. Oh, God, how many times last winter did I have to sit through that damn Tenet clip? Oh, (laughs) I had no interest in the movie to begin with, let alone having to sit through the same scene. I must have seen it like seven times. Well, every time I saw Rise of Skywalker, I had to sit through that like six minute clip or however long it was. Well,
0: that's why you didn't like Rise of Skywalker. It's because you didn't like Tenet. Uh, were... Christopher Nolan <laughs> stirs up very
2: negative feelings in me, but not quite that negative.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm going to pick this scab every chance I get from here until the end of time.
2: <laughs> listen, listen, Rise of Skywalker does not need any help. <laughs> Making me dislike it.
0: Okay, It did that well enough on its own. Oh man. Did you read the novelization? tried. You, you pulled the shoot. You couldn't do it? I couldn't do it. <laughs> I love it. Oh.
2: <laughs>
0: At least he tried. I still don't own it.
2: I, I got I think like five chapters in maybe. I was like oh my god.
1: I've said this before but the junior novelization made me cry. It was so good.
2: It would probably make me cry too, Murray, <laughs> but for different reasons.
0: <laughs> all right, well, uh, just to stick with the Mando here for a couple more minutes. Oh, right, 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 because uh, that that brings us joy. That's that's a thing. That is, that is the unifying force of Star Wars right now, isn't it? The Mandalorian. Yeah. That's kind of bringing us all together here. Um. So, Variety last week spoke for the with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for the most part.
2: There's a, there's some bittersweet elements these days,
0: but for the most part, yeah. Come on, Nathan. Can you can you try to be happy? Listen,
2: <laughs> I try to be happy. I try to like things, but people won't let me. <laughs>
0: oh man! All right. So variety. I really
2: like the comics? How's that?
0: Uh, well, uh, not all of them though. I, I I know there's a bunch of misses in there for you. Bounty Hunter. Okay,
2: Okay. the current, the current comic. (laughs) The the Star Wars. Okay, anyway, anyway, anyway. I'll stop, I'll stop.
0: (laughs) So Variety recently spoke with Jon Favreau and Pedro Pascal about the upcoming season on Disney+. Um, And then they touch on the possibility of the Mando eventually showing up on the big screen. And there's a relevant quote. It says, things that you would have only seen in the movie theater you're seeing on streaming. And I think it could go the other way as well. I think that was Favre who said that. Uh, so it continues. Uh, whether that means Pascal's tight lip bounty hunter could end up on a movie screen remains a tantalizing, if uncertain, possibility. Favreau said he's in no rush to push, to push the show beyond a streaming series. Quote, but we're definitely open to it, he added, and excited to see where the story leads us and have that flexibility, because there's no rulebook now. So Marie... Would you want to see a Mando movie on the big screen?
1: I... I, No, because that would mean that, at least in the way I'm thinking about it, that would mean that the show would have to either end or there would be a season that was a movie. So, like season four is a movie and then back to a TV show for season five.
0: Yeah. I I didn't think about it that way. That's, that's a possibility. Huh?
1: But I don't, I don't know that I just would rather it just be a TV. I prefer TV shows to movies anyway. So.
0: Yeah. Nathan, what do you, what about you? Do you want, do you want to see a Mando movie on the big, on the big screen? Nah. (laughs) I think that's the prevailing sense.
2: It would completely take all the charm out of it. It's, you know, and the, the, I mean, there's a culture that's formed around the show. And I feel like, I don't know. I I just don't see it. Like, to me, like, was this, I I didn't read the article because I just rolled my eyes. But, (laughs) Was (laughs) the was like it wasn't about Rise of
0: Skywalker,
2: (laughs) no, but eh. Eh, but was he responding to like a prompt, like a question?
0: Yeah, you you never really know. Bring it
2: up because it strikes me as like okay, they asked him a question and he responded to it, and they made a wrote an article based on his answer to their question. You know, it's like, okay, but he probably wouldn't have brought that up. If he wasn't asked about it, so who cares,
0: (laughs) you know, like. Yeah, you never really know how these how these stories get edited down for clarity, (laughs) for context or clarity. So I don't I I don't think he was necessarily explicitly asked if if there's going to be a movie or if they'd want to see a movie but uh yeah i mean i i I would be down for it as long as it as the movie isn't instead of you know, like I want' a, right, I want a movie uh, you know what I mean right like i I, would, I want a movie that moves the galaxy forward and gives us something entirely new, um you know, like every single project that has come out or that we know to be in production is sort of wrapped up in like the, the warm, familiar embrace of. Of the Skywalker saga, including the Mando, it's it's sort of tucked in there. And like the, the best analogy I can think of is you've got this three-ring binder and it's filled with coloring pages. And the binder is awesome. It's page after page of great stuff. But like I'm tired of having to open the binder, click open those rings, and stuff in more pages. Like I, I just I want a new binder and fill it with entirely new stuff. That's my mm. crappy analogy, and I, I hope that gets my point across. But um, I don't think I it's gonna that. happen. Yeah, I, I, that's the only circumstance in which I would wouldn't mind seeing a Mando movie, but I I prefer it doesn't happen for the reasons that you guys said too. Uh, uh, Marie, you you kind of threw me for a loop there with your with your idea, but so like I could like let's say they do their three four seasons on Disney Plus, right? And then in uh, 2022, we get an eight-episode fourth season, and that season ends early to mid-December, right? Like they always do. And it end, the, the fourth season ends on a cliffhanger, and the week after, uh, the Mando movie, the conclusion to the Mando saga, launches in theaters the week after. So you, you know, if you watch your your seasons of your. Three, four seasons of Mandalorian, the show ends say December 11th or so, on a Friday, December 11th, December 18th, the following Friday, you get to wrap up the Mando saga in the theater. So Disney, Disney squeezes you for all those years on, on Disney Plus, then they get you one more time to, in the theaters. I could see them doing something like that and saying like, let's let's give the Mando the big screen send off. And I could see them kind of justifying it that way. I hope they don't. I I hope they don't. I I want this show to play out on Disney Plus because I like Nathan, you talked about the charm of it. And I think the platform needs to be able to show everybody that they can start and finish a show in a satisfactory way on the platform and not rely on like a theatrical crutch to cap it off. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean, I mean, the. Maybe a movie on Disney Plus, but mm. I would rather they just make the episodes longer. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, you can fit an entire season almost in a movie.
0: I, I know, yeah, not, I know what you not,
2: mean. Not, not quite, but, you know, it's two movies. It's the entire season is two movies long. So, you know.
0: For sure. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I I Just mean, expand that, those out a little just you know, like the long form of doing something you know, in 35 to 45 minute chunks. Like it, it's, it suits the show well. And it's, you know, it's become a, a, a traditional already for star Wars. Like for those seven to uh, eight weeks in October through uh, December, going back to last year's first season, that, that Friday was something that we all just, we were just waiting for so eagerly. And, I don't want them to t- take that away. I want them to sort of end the show whenever that is, whether it's at season three, four, five, whatever, and just end it on the platform where it was born and just to show that like this p- this platform can uh, you know stand stand on its own and give you a full on amazing story without having to <clears throat> without having to resort to another forum to to cap it all off. But again, money talks, yeah. and if Disney thinks that, yeah, hey man, we can uh, we can do this, and then you know, make a movie on on a shoestring budget, and squeeze half a billion out of it, let's do that too. Yeah, and I'm you know in the end, I'm sure we'd all go, okay, this this was pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it, it's kind of like um, like Breaking Bad, and and I haven't seen all of the show. I've seen episodes in season one I might have seen all of season one but you know they did that Breaking Bad movie on Netflix years after the the show ended and you know when the show was on everybody was talking about it even though I didn't watch the show I heard you know everybody was talking about it online and and you know you'd hear people at work or, or whatever talking about Breaking Bad but I remember when the movie came out and you know it was hardly noticeable. Like I don't remember anybody talking about it, and I and I think it's just because it was it was in a different place, uh, from where you know it ran as a TV series. It was on Netflix, mm. whereas it was on an, on um, AMC. You know, and I think you know it's just, and, and I wonder how many people who watched Breaking Bad every week actually watched that movie. Or actually knew about the movie, you know. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I think it's, I think it's important to keep something like The Mandalorian, um, keep it where it lives, and it lives on Disney Plus, and that's where people know it is. That's where people go looking for it. Yeah. If you, and if you start trying to continue that story in other places, and you know, we're we're the we're always the exception we're going to go and find the stories wherever they are. You know, when they, you know, when they release the novel, we're going to find it. When they release the comics, we're going to find them. Um, But for the majority of people, if you start putting, you know, pieces of that story in other places, they're either not going to bother. They're not going to know about it. They're not going to care, you know, and you know, it's not fair to someone who's, and you know, I mean, this is sort of a, a separate issue in a way, but so, like, okay, someone's paying $14 or how much is it? How, how much is Disney plus? I'm thinking the Netflix. Uh, they're, Disney plus is like 10 bucks. Yeah. Okay. In Canada.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's 699 in the US, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But they're paying their subscription monthly to get this story. And then, you know, you're going to ask them to pay however much more to go to a theater. And, you know, if, if it's, you know, and, and I mean, this is, this is an issue outside of star Wars and the Mandalorian, but, you know, it's, is it fair to ask someone who, you know, a family of five that sits down and watches the Mandalorian every week, if they want to finish that story as a family, they've got to cough up, you know, a hundred bucks. to all yeah. go out to the theater to finish to see how the story ends like you can say yeah well it'll be on disney plus eventually or it'll be on dvd or whatever but it's it's still you know an inequity that isn't it's just not really fair and i just i
0: don't know well it's also uh, a bad look too right that's again another bad look where it's like yeah this the the show that started on disney plus is now ending in the theaters just for it to go back to disney plus as a movie yeah (laughs) so yeah right why why are you gonna shake us upside down and and you know shake us down from uh, our every last time don't you get enough out of us disney yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man like here i am yelling at them for something they haven't done and may never do
2: uh
0: (laughs) oh they'll uh, do something terrible and it'll be you just transferable you know well and also like if they did go down that road like the movie's not being made especially for the people that have stuck with the show. Mm -hmm. You would have, have, the show would have, or the movie would have to be, would have to include like a table setting for for casual audience goers who haven't picked up on Disney Plus who don't know the show from from a hole in the wall. And so there would be a whole lot of that whole, uh, the exposition and introducing characters and the relationships and the whole dynamics and 45 minutes of the movie would be, stuff that we already know and we just be like oh come on get to it and it would be really tedious that would be there whether we like it or not so that's another bad reason to do it
2: well and and also sorry marie okay go go ahead ahead. no well it's hard enough to get a star wars movie these days (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah yeah like give me a different story like we're already getting The Mandalorian, and I'm happy with where it is, but we're severely lacking in the movie department, so maybe do something else there.
0: <laughs> oh, God, I just had a terrible thought. <laughs> what, if the, what if they are doing this? What if Tyka is don't, doing... Don't do it. Don't do it, Kyle. What if Taika is ah. doing a Mando movie? Oh, God, oh, you gosh. did it. What if... What if that is exactly the plan? That uh, Tyka's movie is what twenty twenty three. I think my cat's my cat's back there is coughing. You're ridiculous. Stop it. Oh. Salacious
2: crumb back there.
0: (laughs) She's coughing up a lung. Power through it. You can do it. (laughs) There you go. Wow.
1: You made me. I think, Kyle, um, I think that's why I like TV shows more than movies, because you get 45 minutes of something that's really deep and involved, because you don't need the exposition that builds up to something, because they're relying on, you know, cliffhangers from the episodes before, Mm -hmm. and, and you just go straight into it. And, yes, there's that, you know, they'll do the 30-second recap, recap beforehand. But besides that, the episode itself, the 45 minutes is just intense and deep. So I think that I, I like that. And I would want it to continue that way.
0: Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And, oh, I can't shake my nightmare thought out of my brain.
1: <laughs>
0: what if they did that in 2020? Like, right now we got season two. 2021, we got season three. 2022, we get season four. 2023, we get season five, but it gets capped off with a movie, and Tyka's doing it because why wouldn't he? He knows this this territory really well. Ah, oh, goddamn. Oh, don't be silly,
2: Kyle. <laughs> it's a Mandalorian prequel movie.
1: See, now I thought about that. I thought that might be interesting. <laughs> oh
0: no, no. <laughs> I was joking. No, that's gonna be safe for the comic. You know it's going to be a prequel oh, comic, okay. or you know okay. the uh, the novel is going to be a prequel yeah, but, novel.
2: But knowing Marvel, it'll be a prequel one shot that you know gets overwritten in three years. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Jesus.
0: Uh, was it Cassian and, and uh, K two? Yeah, that
2: that's yeah. Throw that away. That's that's that, done
0: for. That one shot's done for. What a shame. It was a pretty good comic, but it's done for.
2: It was fine.
0: <laughs> it was fine. It was serviceable. It was it was a cool little story, but it's it's that's totally being overwritten.
2: Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, because it felt like that comic took place like five minutes before Rogue One, which was weird. Yeah,
0: you're right. I gotta go. Uh, I'm not gonna go back. Forget it. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna read it again.
1: I've
0: <laughs> <laughs> got enough new stuff to read. I don't need to go back. Uh, cool. All right. Well hopefully we're all talking nonsense and they stick with mando on disney plus where it belongs let it be let it stand on its own let it honor the platform it's already living in and do it justice there great cool so how excited are we for this season two on 10 marie
1: um i'll uh temper it and say a nine
0: that's where i'm at i'm at a nine what about you nathan
2: uh, I am excited. Uh, I don't know if I could give it a number. Um, I don't know. I just get such, and I think, you know, all of us do, but I've got complicated feelings about <laughs>
0: Mandalorian these days. Um, oh, which that, is, is that because of a certain cast member who <laughs> just doesn't seem to be a very nice person?
2: Uh, no. or is actually a horrendous person, but, um... <laughs> Yeah. I mean it's just it's just it's it's hard to forget about it, you know? Like you know, uh even watching that that trailer just now, it's like I don't know, it's 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 one of those things you get pulled out and you you remember the drama and you remember yeah. you know, it's it's just hard to get past. Especially when it's a hero character who yeah. previously you had really admired. Mhm. <laughs> It's it's just you know it's it can't just, be it's helped, Apparently, but
0: what's it's, that? It's disappointing.
2: It, it's highly disappointing. It's extremely yeah. disappointing. Well, imagine yeah. imagine how yeah.
0: imagine how Pedro Pascal feels.
2: Ugh. Well, I, I wish I wish he would say how he feels. Frankly, I mean, it's it's a little, and it, he has been great, um, but. Yeah, it's it is kind of at the same time, it's kind of disappointing that nothing has been said, um, frankly. And maybe I'm I'm hoping and asking for too much from from these people and a, a major corporation. But boy, it's
0: it's rough. It makes you wonder if like who's who's or if anybody is helping to kind of steer that situation kind of often to the under the rug kind of thing. Everybody stop. Nobody say another word, nothing public on Twitter. If we have something to say to each other, let's have a call and do and say it. But well, for yeah. the good of everybody and this show, shut up. <laughs> well, I wish someone had told her to
2: shut up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know? There's that Where too. were they then?
0: <laughs> unless, unless this character is done for at the end of season two and she's technically out, so she's free.
2: Well, if those rumors are to be believed, uh, that... It might not be the case for her future
0: in Star Wars,
2: but, you know, those are just rumors for the time being, but they are out there. And, uh,
0: well, I think we can take solace in the fact that th- at least the report says the show for this character is in development, not in production.
2: Yeah, well, and, and a lot of the times um, the news that these uh, scoopers get is, you know. Somewhat old when they get it, but it's um, I, I, I will say, um, and, and and we can move on after this, but it's it is um, very telling to me that there are a lot of people who didn't support John Boyega who jumped to uh Gina Carano's defense. And I'll just say, I've
0: got your number <laughs> that did happen, didn't it? Yes, that that's a, that's a thing that happened. You, you can go do the math for yourself if, if you've got uh, if you have questions. You know, yeah, it's all out there or not out there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's have a little palate cleanser here. Let's. Uh, uh, this came. This thought came to me. So, I, I finished Dark Disciple a couple weeks ago and loved it to bits. And now I'm a good part of the way through Lords of the Sith and it's incredible. I'm loving it. Um, And, like, both books to the point where, like, I think Dark Disciple has nosed its way into the top three of the new canon for me. And Lords of the Sith is well on the way. Like, it's so good to me. Uh, And previously, like, I had Lost Stars there and Bloodline and Catalyst. And then I realized, like, these books, these three books, these five books that are my favorites of the new canon, they all came out years ago. Mm -hmm. So I I took a look at the list of novels... That have come out since 2014, when Aftermath kind of kicked things off. It it was was that was that the first book, or was it? No, it was a New Dawn. New Dawn, dawn, and then then Tarkin,
2: Tarkin, and then Air Jedi, Jedi. then Dark.
0: No, then Lords of the Sith. Lords of the Sith. I like this. I like this. You guys are good. You guys know your novels as well as anybody on this planet. So (laughs) this will be good. This will be a very good exercise. So I I, I took kind of took a look at the list. And I split it up very randomly. I said, okay, I'm going to make two teams. Team 2014 through 16 and Team 2017 through the present. And just say, "What if I had to pick a team, where, where am I? And so I went through it. And for me, it's 2014 to 16 and it's not close. Like despite mm-hmm. it being disadvantaged by, you know, there's, there's really only 27 months in that group. Like, the 2014 calendar of books only kicked off, like, late. about This time, six years ago. Summer, late summer, early fall of 2014. Mm-hmm. And so that's, what, 27, 28 months versus, like, the 45 months that have come out since 2017 to now. And so I I, I made the list of, of all the... And I, I didn't put in the junior novels. Uh, I, I put in mostly, like, the... the uh, Original novels and some of the uh, how do we classify lost stars like young adult kind of thing? Yeah, young adult. Yeah. So, I know I can throw this question at you both because I know you got obviously you think <laughs> like you just demonstrated you know where all these novels kind of slot in. So, Marie, what about you if you had to draw that line teams for 2014, 15, 16, and then on the other side of the fence, 17, 18, 19, and 20? If you had to choose. Like what, what? What grouping had your favorite novels? What would you pick?
1: So I looked at um, the. I included middle grade just because I, I read them all, but mm-hmm. um, mine. I had twenty four. I I chose. I highlighted like my favorites from the the all the that has come out. And I had 18 favorites in... (laughs) Yeah, right?
2: I really Um, whittled that down, Marie.
1: (laughs) 18 favorites from 2014, 2016, but 21 favorites from 2017, 2020. So it was very, very close. But part of that is because in 2014, 2016, you had Adventures in Wild Space, which was... Mm. Six novels set six novels.
2: It was like five and a half.
1: Five. <laughs> five and twenty five in twenty sixteen, but then there were two more in twenty seventeen. So most of them were in twenty sixteen, that first half. And then Servants of the Empire, there were three of those, four of those. Mm-hmm. So like that heavily weighed the um the eighteen. So if you're talking about individual books i i would probably fall into the latter category
0: because of like almost like the sheer volume right
1: well i mean but i'm saying like yes but i'm saying um that in not taking series into account um and looking at individual books i think it would be more in the latter half than the
0: first what are your favorite novels
1: Uh, (laughs) You you don't have to Okay,
0: Sorry I know you just said 18 of them You you don't have to list all 18 But just uh, your top If you can do your like 3 to 5 What would they be?
1: Okay So 2014, 2016 It would probably be The Aftermath Trilogy Tarkin And The um, The retellings of the original trilogy that were just mm. done so well. It was a totally different perspective of the the movies. Um, the princess is a scoundrel and the farm boy, so you want to be a Jedi and beware the power of the dark side. Um, they, they were so good. So good. And the art on the covers was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, that's probably definitely Tarkin, Aftermath Trilogy and that original trilogy retelling would be my favorite from the first half.
2: Tarkin and the... is a surprise there for me. I... Do what? I'm surprised that Tarkin's so high for you. Not, not, that, oh, it's, not that I didn't enjoy it but it um, it definitely wasn't a, like a a leisure read for me like it was it, that book is very dense and there are a lot of characters and there's a lot to keep track of and it's and uh, at times it can be very dry um but yeah i mean i enjoyed it but it i'm just surprised that it ranks so high for you it's interesting
1: i just adored the backstory because it was so weird and yeah. like gave Tarkin this whole other um, sort of aura to him and I was just like whoa
2: and playing big into the the Star Wars comic (laughs) the last issue that came out
1: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly I was like I know
2: exactly what they're talking about yeah I know I was (laughs) like finally uh, what are they what are they called yeah but it was like oh finally like after like what Six years, finally seeing what one of those looked like because I don't think we saw one before.
1: They're yeah, like the
2: big white gorilla thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it
2: <laughs> was a long time that, coming. Uh, that...
1: Side note, but that issue was incredible because there were so many canon connections. so I was just like, "Oh my god!"
2: Yeah, Soul's been doing doing that a lot. Soul Soul and Pack have been have been really working overtime tying their stories into uh, into other. Thank you, but, but anyway, yeah, I digress.
1: <laughs> and then 2017-2020, I feel like it's harder to narrow it down. So there's the third aftermath novel. There's um Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad, um, Thrawn Alliances, Pirates Price, Queen Shadow, Queen's Peril, Force Collector. Like there's so many that I really liked, um, so probably I guess I would definitely say 2017, 2020 for me.
0: Cool. And Nathan, where do you fall on
2: this? Oh, I'm I'm 2014, 2016 definitely, um, and it's not even necessarily. Well, it is it is a factor, but it's it's mainly like just the fond memories of that time period. Hmm. And like, I don't know. It was like, you know, it was when the star Wars podcasts were really kicking off and, and becoming the big thing. So every, every podcast was doing book reviews and, and, you know, every, every new star Wars because the Canon was, was fresh at that point. So every new novel was a big deal because they were rebuilding the universe and, it was just a really exciting time and you know, they kicked it off with a new Dom, um, which tied directly into the TV show that was about to come out. And, you know, it was, it was just, uh, it was really exciting. And we were all sort of at that point, we were all sort of at the same place, wondering where, where things were going to go and how, how they were going to build out the universe again. Um, but at the same time, there were fantastic books like, uh, like Dark Disciple. I love Dark Disciple. Lords of the Sith. It's great. Um, Catalyst. Man, cat Catalyst can't be beat for me. Even it's even good. now, like like why isn't James Lucino getting more work? Man, it's so sad. It's man. Uh, Catalyst is still at the top of my list. Um,
1: I did love that one, obviously, because yeah,
2: One. <laughs> yeah well and and you talk about about connections that had tendrils that went into Tarkin it went into Clone Wars and and and, yeah so good so good yeah but anyway um, I'm trying to think even just the Force Awakens tie-ins which at the time I remember we were all kind of pissed off that they weren't really tie-ins; <laughs> it was all marketing. It was, you know, Journey to the Force Awakens, and things didn't really tie in that much, and didn't act. The stories didn't matter too much, um, as to to the movie, right? Because um, you had, you know, you had the um, before the awakening, and you had the first aftermath book, and you had uh, the Shattered Empire comic. You had. Uh, what else? You had like those that smugglers run, and and what were those? What were the three? Books? Weapon smugglers of
1: a Jedi and through. Moving Target.
2: Right, right, and those those were great too. Um, but none of them really tied into the movie. They were, you know, but but now looking back, I, I'm kind of glad that they didn't because that's that's sort of something in the later era that I don't like as much is that so much of the publishing is tie-in material. And I think it's getting better at this point, but especially with, you know, High Republic coming, but there was so much tie-in material there for a few years. And, you know, with those from 2014, 2016, the most you really had was, I mean, you had... um you know, Catalyst tied into Rogue One, obviously, and you had a new Dom, which which tied into Rebels, um, but not that tightly, honestly. Um, yeah, that was just the dynamic
0: between Kanan and Hera.
2: Yeah, and it yeah, was set it's... so so many years prior that it didn't really, it, there wasn't really a, a a real tight connection to the show. Um, but it was just everything was so much more standalone in those couple years, those first few years. And, you know, uh, so much publishing tied into Solo and Rogue One, I feel like after Rogue One was when that tie-in wave really kicked off. And it was just, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a lot <laughs> of tie-in stuff. E- even the Thrawn novels were, you know the whole the entire reason they happened was because it was a tie in the rebels and it was like eh, i just want something new and again we're finally seem to be getting that but i don't know i just i just love those first couple of years mainly because of the feelings that i get thinking about those years and and those stories coming out and and sort of the I mean, those years were a much happier time in fandom, <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> and we were all getting along much better back then. And we were all just excited. And it was a real fun time. So it's hard for me to, you know, disassociate my feelings um, mm-hmm. and look at it with a purely critical eye. But I think from both perspectives, that's my favorite era.
1: See for me, I the tie-ins like, oh my, I eat that stuff up. I love it. Give me every bit of information about everything to do with the carrot, like Cobalt Squadron, and mm-hmm. um, oh gosh, uh, bom- Bomber Command. Um, yeah, there I were three. Rose and page novels that all tied in together and I, it was so cool. I, I loved it.
2: Yeah. I like the tie-ins, but it, it was just overload there for a while. And, you know, I mean, thinking about, um, you know, legends, so much of that stuff was just, you know, its own thing. The majority of, of Legends is is standalone because obviously they only had so much that they could tie into, right? Um, you know, and and you know, obviously that meant that the books tied more into into the books and the comics, and that was sort of all um, connected that way. But you know that that was sort of that was sort of something that I wanted more of, and again, again, seemed to be getting it. But um, yeah, I
0: don't know. It's it well, was just it was just too much for a while. <laughs> I think for that the you know the twenty the twenty fourteen to, to sixteen era, it seems like the writers had more leeway to go for it and do something a bit bigger and a little more adventurous. Like when I look at um, well, I you know, just got through Dark Disciple, and that you know maybe that's unfair because it had some great underpinnings from from Felony and Lucas from uh, Clone Wars episodes. But some of the other stuff like aftermath was ambitious and, and Lords of the Sith. It's got two of the biggest characters in star Wars. It's it that was also that, or um, I can't speak too much to it, but it's a, it's a fairly, I don't say big story, but you're playing with uh, a couple of the bigger names and you're putting some pretty heady stuff in there, mm. in their with the relationship. So I, I feel like they, they, they were freer to take bigger swings And then once we got into, um, for me, it it feels like it came during the the Rogue One tie-in era, where we got Rebel Rising, uh, Journey of the Will, or Journal of the Wills. And then it it followed on through, uh, was it Infernal Squadron? Was that a Mm tie-in to Rogue One?
2: No, that was uh, Battlefront. Battlefront Right,
0: yeah, 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 of course. Uh, It feels like... and this is by no means a criticism, but from at a certain point, it seemed like the books took on a, a, a smaller scales and were more about like, character studies. Whether it's Young Lando or Han, uh, or the Ahsoka novel, which you know fell in the 2016 uh, timeframe, but uh, the Two Queens Shadow books, like they all, they, the, to me, they all feel like they're more character studies than sweeping adventures. And I, I go for the more sweeping adventure type Star Wars story. Which is why I think yeah. I like that earlier era better. And again, it's 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 not bad. Like I I've, I've read and bought many of the books, enjoyed all of them. I think the from the 2017 to now period, I think the one I like the most is Master and Apprentice, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it it had that a bit more of of what I, what I'm looking for. I, I should I guess I should say, in terms of the rhythm and the happenings of a story. Uh, Resistance Reborn had it too. Um, yeah, the, I think that's probably my two favorite from. It's a good one. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I, I'll say I will say about Aftermath. The Aftermath trilogy is, you know, whatever your feelings about the quality of the writing of those books or or Chuck Wendig himself, for that matter, those books were very bold mm-hmm. in building mm-hmm. out the universe uh, in the this time period that was absolutely empty uh, yeah. when we came to it, you know, and those books have set up so many things. And frankly, I think if they had known what was coming in the movies, I don't think they would have let Wendig be so bold <laughs> in a lot of those choices he made in the story. But, you know, there are a lot of things that ended up tying ink and connecting later on. And they did a lot with those concepts that he introduced and it was this big adventure. I mean, it's where we first got the Battle of Jakku, you know? It was... Starhawks! Yeah. <laughs> Star- yeah, it was so- It was something... Battle of Jakku was something we-, we had been hearing about since... I think Abrams brought it up in the at the SDCC panel. Um, in 2015. And... Uh, Maybe or maybe it was at celebration, I don't remember. But I mean we had been hearing about the Battle of Jakku, and we knew that it was gonna be it was this big deal. And then we read about it f- finally in the third book and it was like wow. And it he delivered, I gotta say, Wendig delivered. It was it was a a pretty pretty satisfying uh battle that he delivered, considering we've been hearing about it for years.
0: <laughs> Yeah, like I, I thought the first book was was a tough slog. But I thought books two and three were were really good. Yeah, the writing style yeah. didn't bother me one bit. I just whatever. It's I, yeah. I guess I they can. They definitely roll with got that. better as they went along. And like, and with that, the Empire's scope, name. right? Like the the scope got yeah. bigger and things started to happen and things are it was no longer just introducing characters and the dynamic it was like events now are happening and they were big they were you know they were big galactic scale events that that's what interests me more uh in star wars uh, you know i say more pie chart it it's probably like a 60 40 thing i like the big event stuff but i also i do enjoy the character dives too
2: well that's the thing you want to mix right and and that's the thing for a while. It did feel like we were getting a lot of one thing. And, and it, like you said, I enjoy it all, but I, I like balance.
1: <laughs> Another book that came out in the 2014, 16, um, time period that had a really big, bold move was bloodline, um, oh, yeah. revealing Darth Vader as Leia's Dad. so
0: good bloodline is, is excellent <laughs> it's that so. is, it, it's definitely it was in my top three i don't know if, it may have gotten nosed out from my two recent reads but it's still in the top five for sure like that it, it's an excellent book
2: yeah well that that's what really gave claudia gray the bump right like people read lost stars and were like oh this is good but you know can you pull it off twice and she did it <laughs> You know, yeah. yeah, she pulled it off the second time, and that was when we were like, okay, we got to watch this one.
0: Yeah, because in, in Lost, in Lost mm-hmm. Stars, it was she was basically retelling the the original trilogy through the eyes of these two kids, yeah. and at one point, like, getting us to sort of relate to Imperials for the first time and sort of connect with them on a human level, going, wow, oh, these people aren't so bad; mm-hmm. they're just they've just been sort of swindled by this this government power. But otherwise, I like these these all of them. I like all these kids. They're just they're just in the wrong in with the wrong crowd. And then it was like, okay, but yeah, she she leaned in on on the OT, which we've all grown up with. Let's see, yeah, like you said, Nathan, let's see her do it again. And then bam, here comes uh, Bloodline. It's like, oh man, like she did it. Like this is original and relevant. It it was huge.
2: She writes one of the best Hans I've ever read in in a star wars book her han is so good it's so pitch perfect it's
0: brilliant it's a book i gotta revisit if i can ever get it back from Corey. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right um i, w- I just i want to go back to the mando trailer for just a second i know we're going backwards we're allowed we can do whatever we want so one of the things i'm one of the questions we asked in the after the first trailer was were those X-wings in pursuit or escorting the Razor Crest? And I yes. think we, I think we got the answer. They were attacking the Razor Crest.
1: Yeah, it's aggressive. Absolutely.
0: And of course, you know, some people had already figured that out. But it was a always oh, a 50-50 shot. They're definitely aggressive aggressive towards uh, Razor Crest. That uh, I, I think we're still all agreeing that that's Ilum that he kind of crash lands on. So it it seems interesting to me that although from Fallen Order, Ilum is under Imperial slash First Order control as they start building up Starkiller, in this particular <clears throat> instance, it almost feels like the, the New Republic has maybe taken control back of Ilum. Well, otherwise, why are they patrolling there?
2: Mm. I don't know. There's yeah, a I mean those those could be seen stitched together. I mean those yeah. episodes could be four episodes apart. As yeah, far as yeah. we know you for know. sure. But uh, uh, it's funny, you know, because it, that's one of those things that it's it's kind of um, tricky because that sort of took on a life of its own, and it's at this point, if it's not Illum
0: <laughs> there's going to be some people that are Ooh. upset. <laughs> oh man. Well, I guess it'd be important to note in that case that they never promised us anything. They <laughs> just yeah, showed us yeah, a wintry yeah. planet of which there are probably millions upon millions in the galaxy.
2: But we do that so often, don't we? Where it's like, it's like, oh, it would be so cool if... And then that morphs into, well, obviously it has to be this.
0: <laughs> obviously Snoke not. is Plagueis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obviously that they didn't give us backstory, so they screwed up... Uh, I I can't I no, I don't wanna have that rant again. No yeah. Uh okay, cool. Um and the the other thing I, I thought you know, people are wondering are they gonna show us Ahsoka, are they gonna show us Sabine or they gonna, they didn't and I'm so, I'm eternally grateful that they didn't give us any of those cameos. Like why do Absolutely. that now? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, why do that now?
2: Yeah, I understand, but I also really wouldn't have cared. It's like nah. I don't know. I mean, we've heard it all so much, and we're we're all so
0: sure it's going to happen. I, I I wouldn't. Well, it wouldn't for me, have it's just me. it's it's about. I want to wait as long as like I I've in my head I know they're in it. Maybe they won't yeah. be, but I've already accepted that Sabine's in it and Ahsoka's in it and blah blah blah. But I want to wait as long as possible to actually see them. You know, I don't mm. want I don't want to see them on a little YouTube screen. I want it on my big HD screen when I, when my, one of my favorite characters in Ahsoka pops on the screen and I get to see what she looks like for real in live action. I don't want that to happen here. So I'm, I'm glad they had that restraint to not do that. Anyway, now I'm done with the trailer. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's wrap up this episode. Let's talk about from a certain point of view, empire style that's coming out in about a, three weeks from now. Uh, so I, I'm getting excited for it, and last week we got treated to sort of a little synopsis to all forty stories from the forty different authors. Uh, let's just talk about it. We'll go around the table a couple of times here. Nathan, which one of the stories has got you sort of uh, most jazzed? Um, I kind of I'm kind of interested
2: in the in the uh, the Palpatine one. It's um, Is that disturbance. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's Palpatine.
0: What do you want me to say? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like Palpatine. No, that's but, that is uh, also on
0: my list. Disturbance by Mike Chen, I think, is the one you're referring to.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I, I had to look it up on my phone because computer problems. But um, no, so I'm looking. I'm looking. Through Wait, I think, them now, and trying to remember which ones I was thinking of. So I uh, hear
0: I got it. I got it. so the 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 synopsis. Sheer will powered Palpatine through as it always did, fending off the determination of someone or something wanting to hide this, a secret held so tightly that the very desire to protect it gave itself away, if only for a blink. Much as the Force spoke to the rebel pilot who destroyed the Death Star, it revealed itself to Palpatine here, not by gui- guiding the launch of torpedoes, but with a vision. What Palpatine saw in the Force should have frightened him. That's, mm-hmm. oh man. That is, yeah, for obvious reasons, that is on the list.
2: Yeah, tantalizing.
0: tantalizing. And it, it's one of those things where like,
2: you don't want to spend too much time. Like, you don't want to spend too much time with Palpatine and you don't want to get to know Palpatine too well. Or, or at least that's how I feel about him. It's like, I always want to keep a certain amount of distance from Palpatine because I feel like if you get too comfortable with him, it, it'll take some of that... To, it'll take some of his
0: edge off, you know? See, I, I want but, to know as much as we can possibly ever learn about Palpatine. I don't ever want to be asked to sympathize with him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, like This is space devil. This is Satan out of yeah. space. There was this idea of going around fandom in, in the aftermath of, of rise of Skywalker, where why wasn't she ever considered as a character to be redeemed? I'm like, come on, come on now. Yeah. You gotta have the polar opposite. You gotta have the guy who's just so bad. He's never coming back and doesn't yeah, want right. to, Or it doesn't realize that he needs to Right? Like, I don't know if he thinks he's evil. He just does what he feels needs to be done.
2: Yeah. Well it's it's it, you know it's self-service to the end, right? It's it's all or nothing
0: for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he'll he'll take advantage of everybody and everything if that's what it takes to to achieve his ends. He's he's just, yeah. he's he's space space satan. There's no redemption required <laughs> for this guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I love that story. I mean, it's I, I I get the sense and you guys, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I get the sense that he sort of He's feeling in the force Vader's secret that Vader now knows that's his son. And Vader's trying to keep that a secret to himself. And Palpatine has Mm -hmm. detected that that crack in the armor. Yeah. And so that's yeah. Palpatine didn't take it seriously enough.
2: Well, and it might, you know, it might actually shed some light on uh, the story we're getting in the Darth Vader comic
0: right now, which will be interesting. Synergy. I like that. That'd be cool. Marie, what's on your list? My number
1: one is A Naturalist on Hoth by Hank Green. So I, as an ecologist, Hoth has always baffled me (laughs) because ecologically, it doesn't make sense.
0: I feel the same way about Mustafar.
1: Well, yeah. Except you so well you have like the lava fleas on Mustafar, which are not giant predators. But on Hoth you have these wampas that are apex predators, but the only thing for them to eat are tauntauns. And what in the world do tauntauns eat? (laughs) Each other. So it's like...
2: Aren't aren't tauntauns not native to Hoth, though? Uh I didn't think tauntauns were native to Hoth. Okay,
1: if they're not native to Hoth, then what is the natural prey of a wampa? Rebels. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't work.
0: (laughs) Snow. Yellow snow.
1: Oh, gosh. (laughs) So
2: okay, I I was wrong. Maybe it was a legends thing, but they are native. Okay, okay, okay. They they apparently their diet is apparently lichen and small ice plants. Hmm. Poor things. Yeah. I mean, I mean the lichen makes sense. I mean, if maybe it's uh, there's like a tundra on the equator or something.
1: But there's got to be a lot of it.
2: I suppose. (laughs) <laughs> so,
0: yeah like as, in, an, as an ecologist marie like almost every planet must baffle you like all, all of these like I, monolithic site like, like type of like tatooines uh yeah. hoth like these planets just they, they don't make sense how are they at all able to sustain any life there's just nothing to them except for that one environment
1: exactly <laughs> i mean we know there are planets out there that are that are only one sort of um environment but there's no life on them as far as we know so
2: well like, maybe how does maybe that work? maybe there there are a lot of cave systems on Hoth and there are hot springs in these caves oh. and that's where the that's where the lichen grows it's like cave lichen
1: you could have algae growing down there or moss
2: hmm yeah so maybe that's what it is because we know there are caves.
1: That's true. <laughs> Hot springs, that's the answer.
2: Yeah, there you go.
0: All right, Marie, so what's, what's got you jazzed about this story?
1: Um, Just, I, it's something I've wondered about for such a long time, and I like the fact that it's being told from the point of view of a naturalist. So, and I love the, how it says, um, the complexity of nature far surpasses the most marvelous of human engineering, an ecosystem leaning on itself into a structure so magnificent that it can never be fully understood is a force so great that it both tears and lifts me. So this dude's like hardcore into being a naturalist. And I think that is what makes these books so good is they take previously undisclosed characters and make a whole short story based on them, and I adore that.
0: Like these, these books must be dream come true for you.
1: Oh gosh, I love it.
0: Like these, this has to be like the. That's one of the things we didn't even talk about when we broke down sort of the 2014 versus 2020 kind of thing. The the first, from a certain point of view, we didn't even mention that one. But that one, that one's chock full of of the type of story. Which just fills in info for for all of us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I that actually my number one favorite. Okay, I'm sorry. My cat is like all <laughs> up in my business, and I can't think straight. Baby, get down. Okay. <laughs> um. So that book is my number one. Um, nice. But it's not a novel; it's a collection of short stories. So,
0: true. Yeah,
2: that's true. Oh yeah, I, I, I was gonna bring this up, I forgot. But that's another thing about that 2014 to 2016 era are the Star Wars Insider short stories. Some of those. Oh, I
1: miss those so much. And they're
2: coming back. They're coming back for High they Republic. They are. In, in December, they're starting starting High Republic stories in the Insider again. So. Great, more money. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got my subscription hey. in to my comic shop, so yeah, you know, I don't have to worry about getting the, the newsstand or anything. And also, the covers. You if you if you get them from your comic shop, you can get the the previews edition covers. Yeah, and they're always so much better. Oh man, nice. yeah. But anyway, it's
1: <laughs> exciting. Yeah, yeah, I love the the short stories because they a lot of times. The short stories look at characters that are either minor characters that are really cool and interesting, and it's fun to learn more about, or they're about characters that we've never heard of before.
2: Well, and and a lot of times they would tie into um, the novels that were that were coming yeah. out around that time. Like yeah. you had the ones. Well, those two short stories that were in the, uh, was it Rise of the Empire novel where yeah. you got Tarkin and the New Dawn. Those two short stories, I think, were Insider short stories originally.
1: I thought they were only found in that comp that compilation.
2: Maybe they were, but I feel like they were in Insider first. But maybe, maybe it was a it, they were different stories that tied into those novels. But because I know there was one that was like Ray Sloan, and then mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, one of them was about a, a pilot and. Yeah, I mean, they were great. But anyway, that's...
0: (laughs) That was the last topic. So anyway, sorry. (laughs) Uh, I I think... I'm going to preface it by saying uh, one of the big stories that I think everybody's really excited about or at least curious to know more about as it involves uh, some of the big players is uh, Obi-Wan's story and him sort of bemoaning... (laughs) bemoaning his involvement with the skywalkers i think everybody wants to know more about that because it's like wait a sec that's sort of a hot take ben more salty obi-wan and it's like (laughs) okay how's that gonna shake out so of course everybody's interested in that but uh, one that's really got me is the first lesson from jim zub and so the 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 synopsis, if I had it, wait, there it is. Uh, Yoda could not remember the last time something had broken his concentration in such a manner. Was it a sign of inner doubt or an old fear he'd managed to keep hidden within? No, this was an outside presence, a presence he had not felt in many years. Potent and prophetic. Foreign yet familiar. A Skywalker. And that's really, I love that quote. It's super tantalizing to me. It makes it sound like Yoda had no idea Luke was coming to Dagobah to to meet up with him. And I'd always assumed Yoda was always watching, like he says. And so he'd he'd know that Luke was on his doorstep. Or Yoda, uh, Obi-Wan would have given him the heads up that he name dropped him in a Force ghost appearance.
1: Well, there is that short story in the first from a certain point of view where, called There's Another, mm-hmm. where Yoda, uh Luke, I'm sorry, Obi-Wan is is talking to Yoda um and saying, so I guess it's Force Ghost Obi-Wan talking to Yoda and saying, hey, there's a Skywalker who's going to need to be trained. And he's like, Leia, yes, I've always wanted to train her. And then Obi Wan's like, no. (laughs) Actually, Luke. And Yoda's like, what? No. no. (laughs) Not that clown. (laughs) Like, it was such a good story because it was just like this, this, oh, Leia, I I always wanted to train her and I knew she would be a great Jedi one day. And Luke's this impetuous, normal male Skywalker.
3: Uh, so, yeah, it's
0: it's it's it is strange. Like the two stories don't seem to line up. Like if Yoda's watching Luke, yet he's surprised when he sh- the day he shows up. It's like, shouldn't you know? So I, I am very curious to get to get into that story.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, let's let's do one more each here before we close out the podcast. Nathan, what do you got?
2: Um. Well, I'm. I like the, um, but what does he eat? That's, <laughs>
0: that's hilarious.
2: That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> but I'm super excited for *Virgins*. That, it, it, by Tracy Dion. It's the, it's the cave. It's from the perspective of, of the magic tree, and it's, I don't know. Yeah. That little that little excerpt is, oh man, such a it so interesting to dive into like because what is, is it the force or is it you
0: know
2: one of the it, things I, I, I don't know it, it brings up a lot
0: of questions I think one of the coolest things about this particular version is like Empire really has a broad like tapestry of things like there's some ridiculous yeah. stuff that we can we're going to get stories of which you know the, the dragon snake eating R2 we're getting that perspective <laughs> but you also get like Torrin Far at Ion Control, yeah. and we're mm-hmm. gonna get, you know, of course, like the Wilro Hood story. Like the yeah. So there's 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 some predictable stuff, but you also get views from of of all kinds of stuff, from like the military person to the uh, to the to the Wampas to creatures in a swamp to uh, like, mysteri- the mysteries of the Force in the Force Tree. Like this is a, gonna be a wild book that goes everywhere that it's going to be crazy. some of these stories I'm sure we're going to file and forget, but some of them I'm sure are going to be real standouts. Marie, what do you got?
1: Well, I, I was going to say, but what does he eat? Just because <laughs> that is a really good question. And I'm curious as to how that goes. And I, it's just, it's fun when they add a little bit of humor into it. Um, but also, Lord Vader will see you now by John Jackson Miller.
0: Oh, you, you took mine now. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what it says that we're all... You know, the three of us are kind of landing on many of the same stories. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, come on. John Jackson Miller writing Ray Sloan. Come on. Yeah,
2: right. yeah. definitely. Well, I mean, I, I to me, I feel like the stories break down into like two categories, where one is like one category is the mythology stories, and the other is like the action figure stories, you know. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like one, you know, one category, they those stories add to the overall mythology, and will and will sort of deepen it, and you know, you'll go back to the movie and maybe watch it differently and then the, the other stories are the action figure episodes where, or, or stories where it's just sort of you know throw away uh when you see that character in the movie you're probably not gonna think back to the story or you know uh,
0: though that's how i sort of break these down in my mind yeah like th- there's one story and it's for me it's it's almost unwelcome like not to crap on anybody's work but Um, there's one where a stormtrooper sort of overhears an awkward family reunion (laughs) it's like I think the insinuation is he's over here the stormtrooper is overhearing Luke or Vader tell Luke that he's his father Mm. and it's like wait a sec I don't want to have to think about a stormtrooper just off camera who's like on on a smoke break or something going oh what's what's happening over there (laughs) oh oh my god wait till the guys hear this like it it can be funny but it adds an unnecessary element to the story and like you said straight throw away tmz (laughs) yeah straight (laughs) exactly i got a scoop for you Hollownet. but like to me that's like it might be really funny but it could also be one of those things where it's like i i throw this away
2: yeah yeah there's definitely loads of those where it's it's just fun. It's and you 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 might not read that story ever again, and you might not think about that story ever again, and it's probably not going to have much impact. But it was fun. It was you know it's fun, disposable, whatever. But then there are stories like, or um, Vader will see you now, where these characters, you know, we know them from other places, right? Like, and, and a lot of these stories are about characters we'll never see again. And we haven't seen anywhere else. They, you know, they're in the movie for maybe a scene or maybe a shot in some cases. Mm -hmm. And that's all we'll ever see them. So we don't have any reason to think about them anymore. Yeah, exactly. But Someone like Ray Sloan or Luke or Obi-Wan, you know, obviously we spend a lot of time with these characters.
0: So these are the stories that we're going to latch on to. Yeah, for sure. Um, L337 is going to make another appearance, which... Mm. Obviously. controversial, <laughs> but I'm it, looking forward to it. People are upset about this.
2: Well, I mean, people are upset about everything, but people are upset. That, well, some people didn't like, you know, L three's handling, uh, in solo and her fate. And I, I did see people that I know have problems with, uh, L three's fate in solo. They aren't happy that she's still stuck in the ship. <laughs> Which is fine. I think that's an, a, a, a valid reasonable take. take. That's reasonable. Sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah, she'll she'll make an appearance in a story, and I hope that's I hope it's just her chewing out three PO. Yeah. <laughs> which will be hilarious. Sorry, Marie.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> you,
3: you can't
0: tell me that you don't want to hear more L three.
1: I mean, uh, she's fantastic. So.
2: Bring that on. I'm um,
1: totally fine with more of her.
2: Oh, I wonder. If, what if they get Phoebe Waller-Bridge to uh, to narrate that story for the audiobook?
0: Oh, that's you one know? thing we haven't heard. Cuz John Hamm mm-hmm. did the first one, right? Well, he did the Boba Fett
2: story in the first one. Oh, right. He didn't do the whole thing. But, so yeah, yeah get cool. Ph- oh, man. Yeah. Get Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. I don't know why they don't do like the uh I I mean, I guess it's probably expensive, but like the the Clone Wars anthology, the audio book where they got the the voice actors to read the stories,
0: yeah, it's, probably, it's yeah, <laughs> forty stories is probably really, really yeah. pricey. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jason Fry, who I'll read basically anything he writes in Star Wars, his his last Jedi novelization was is, is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. when he's writing Rendezvous Point, which uh, it's a wedge story, Wedge Antilles, and there's a distinct lack of wedge outside of uh, squadrons and a blip in. Rise of Skywalker and a tiny, well, actually, he had a good role in Resistance Reborn, and again in uh, Aftermath. But this is this is Wedge, right in that era where he's he's laying golden eggs and destroying big Imperial <laughs> property. So, I'm kind of surprised they didn't get uh, Gary Whitta
2: to write the Wedge story, since he uh, wrote the Wedge episode of Rebels.
0: That's true. What mm-hmm. is he is writing? Which story is he writing?
2: Yeah, I can't remember which story he got, but uh, I was kind of surprised that it wasn't that one.
0: <laughs> no, that's a good point. And I'm not going to find it before we end the show, but yeah, Gary would have. Yeah, he should have been. He should have been almost like leading, like his his story in uh, from from the New Hope version for me is is worth the price of ad- admission right off the mm-hmm. hop. Like a couple of these stories are going to be major in terms of like how we perceive a certain scene or theme in an empire in the way that uh, uh, the first two stories in the first uh, from a certain point of view book really altered uh, my understanding of of that rogue one to a new hope transition
2: yeah yeah i tell you what else this story i don't know like how did they get away with this they named the story The Final Order.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just looking at that now. They, they stood side by side, hands clasped at their backs before the incredible panorama of Ultimatum's Bridge. Ahead, the endless chaotic detonation, the swarming scatter of the Hoth system's fragmentation cascade asteroid field. They had sent fighters in after an escaping rebel ship. None had returned. Final Order is yeah. a bit of a reach, isn't it? Yeah,
2: I mean, it's about a, a Star Destroyer and it's a captain that gets destroyed by an asteroid. Like it would have been cool if they had like put pride in there or something like have pride, make, you know, pride be present in the events of empire or just off screen. Cause yeah. we know,
0: you know, he was in the Imperial Navy at the time.
1: Yeah. That would have been cool.
0: That's not to say he's not in this book somehow. And yeah, they're saving that's it. True. That's that, fair. That would be great. I would love that. That would be, that'd be worth one of those things worth the price of, of admission to, to, oh, my God, here he is.
2: Yeah. I'm surprised we haven't gotten that yet. I mean, that seems ripe for, you know. I mean, that you think he would have been in one of the
0: comics, at least, by now. True. Yeah, the young oh. Pride story. Yeah. So I, I found the Gary Widow story. It,
2: it it would have been cool if, if Pride was... Uh, I can't remember her name now, but the... Um, the character that was in in Star Wars number seven, Tarkin's protege.
1: Oh yeah.
2: It would have been I... cool if that had been Pride. Is is it Zara or yeah. something?
1: Z- yeah. Zara, Zara. yeah, yeah, yeah. Zara.
0: How Command am I getting Commander this? How Zara. am I pulling that from you guys instead of you guys? <laughs> this is your job.
1: <laughs> I could picture her in my head.
0: I just push yeah. buttons. <laughs> All right, I I found I found the Gary Widow story. It's called Rogue Two.
1: Mm. Oh yeah,
0: right. And it's um, it seems like it was, yeah. This is actually going to be a cool one. It's sort of uh, the story of, of the rest of Rogue Squadron, kind of going out of their minds as they they wait for morning to come so they can go out looking for Luke and Han. And so right. what what was going through that that squadron's head because they were out there bright and early, <laughs> looking for them. Mm. And so this will be looks like it'll be told from Zevs who is the guy who actually finds them and be told from his point of view. So that's, Oh man, I can't wait to read. I, I can't wait to buy this and then not read it for a while.
1: No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's my, that's my mantra when it comes to these books, <laughs> just
2: get the audio book and you can read it in, or listen to it in chunks.
0: Yeah. It's, 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 a, uh,
2: yeah. I mean, I know, I, I know why you don't listen to audio books, but if you can, you know, if you're, driving to the comic
0: shop or something you can knock out two or three stories this is true but the thing is i only do that like now every i'm going to try and only do that like every uh, once a month (laughs) (laughs) so you know how long it'll take it'll take me eight months to listen to that book i may as well just read it (laughs) (laughs) all right um i am done for this week my throat's not cooperating Mm. um anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap it up no Uh for me i don't think cool all right well that's gonna do it for this week then if you want to be a part of the podcast you can always send in your questions to tumbling saber at gmail.com if you want to help us out in any of these other ways that would be great so make sure you subscribe to the podcast share it with your friends leave us a review and go check us out on patreon at patreon.com tumbling saber very simple one dollar three dollar tiers and you get everything we do Uh, And it's never been easier to get all of our extra content. So go check that out. Uh, Big shout out to Rob Wade for endorsing this episode as part of the E14 endorsed program, which you can learn more about at Emotionally14.com. And so with all that out of the way, Marie, what is a busy person like you doing on social media these days? Where can we find all your work?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can find me on Twitter at Alia Morgaine. You can find my review blog, where I review every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at thestarwarsreview.blogspot.com. And you can find my Queer Star Wars YouTube channel at Afra's Artifacts, where I release new content typically every Sunday at 6 p.m. Central, unless there's a lot to cover.
0: You have dropped a lot of videos. Yes, (laughs) Yes,
1: it's <laughs> because I dove right into the deep end where there was like a whole ton to talk about. But this past Sunday's video is just one short video because there wasn't that much to expound upon.
0: Give so. you can give yourself a, a, some time to breathe because that you did the uh, yes. Afra and Sana relationship, which that was uh, seven videos, six videos.
1: It was five.
0: Five. Still. And uh, it's then, a lot of content right there And then alone. I
1: did, yeah, Afra and Magna Tolvin, and that was eight.
0: That's the one <laughs> I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's the one I was thinking of. The Tolvin yeah. one was was huge, and you're doing some really, really fantastic work there. Are, are you liking being a YouTube creator?
1: I, I love making these videos. I think it's a lot of fun. And if anything, I enjoy getting the content out there so that people can – Know that there there is representation, so that makes mm-hmm. like I did my video from yesterday is about the Chahudens, which are a non-binary and gender fluid species. So
0: I think that's pretty cool. Why is that name stuck in my head? Where are it's they from? It's
1: from Leia, Princess of Alderaan.
0: I don't know why Chahudens is stuck in my head all of a sudden. Like I, I don't get. I don't know. <laughs> stupid star wars always occupying my thoughts
1: <laughs>
0: but no uh seriously go check out marie's youtube channel give it a subscribe give it a thumbs up and um again uh, also the blog it's it's prolific yeah. marie you're, you're doing so much stuff and it's all great <laughs> uh nathan over to you man what are you up to where can you be found
2: um at naf roberts on twitter um
0: yeah, that's. Crazy. I'm in the Facebook group. I'm, in the, I'm, I'm around. I mean, and if you're feeling really adventurous, I mean, you can go to Newfoundland to see Nathan. No, don't bring coronavirus to Newfoundland. We're doing
2: so well. <laughs> Stay away. Get we're everybody out. Pretty. We're doing pretty good here. The, uh, we don't want it. We don't want you. Everybody out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: You can find me if you need me. I'm around. Nathan's also one of the people who really keep the things moving over at the Tumbling Saber Facebook group. Nathan and Rick and, and the guys, just everybody's just taking part and, and keeping that group moving and alive with content and discussion. So come check that out over at Facebook. Uh, look for the Tumbling Saber closed group. You can You can also yeah. jump on the page. I don't post much there, but the group is where it's at. We're all in there. We're all having a great time. Come check it out. Uh, otherwise, I just f-
2: got I've just got to keep Rick from getting all the attention. That's the only reason I do it.
0: <laughs> well, I, I I don't know if I thanked Rick last week, but he he, he posted these screenshots for all 40 stories from for, from yeah, a certain you point did. of view.
2: <laughs> you did. So,
0: He's a maniac. He is a bit of a maniac, but I love Rick. Lots of time for Rick. <laughs> Absolutely. Though. Another thanks to Rick for for helping us because that, that helped me get uh, get my thoughts together for this episode. And if I, I'll do I'll I'll do one better for Rick go listen to Jam Transmissions with him and Pete oh, and, yeah. and Eden sometimes. They're doing a great show, uh, show over there as well. Um, so yeah, like sh- share some of that uh, that space in your pod- podcast playlist. Go go listen to Rick. And uh, that's going to do it. Um, I'm at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and really, that's, that's going to do it, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, come back soon. Check us out again. We're going to be talking about whatever else comes up in the Star Wars Galaxy. But until then, everybody may the force be with you
3: Hi.
0: only what you take with you
2: <laughs> sandwiches <laughs> mm.
0: tauntaun sandwiches Ru- a roopin
3: <laughs> static draws me closer to your Willing me through my dreams fall away signs blindly to the lions on your face beating strong.